Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm high-energy Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is the human manifestation of an upside-down exclamation point, Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, I would say. I'm glad you would say that. A lot of people would be very upset if you did not say that. If you want to tweet us and let us know that you're happy Zach is good, you can tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. You can follow our news aggregate at Roman Circus News. Zach, how's the news aggregate looking? Is there still news? Okay. I could be doing a better job than I'm doing. Let's. I'll just be honest, okay? Um, but, you know, I'm... We're new at it. We're trying. And uh, after tax extensions are due on uh, next Monday, I will, uh, I'm sure it'll be much better. Oh, that's good. They, people come here for the honesty, and you gave them the honest honest uh, truth. They, they, it's about, what do we learn from the crunch? It's about vulnerability. This, Yeah, this is like our own uh, no-spin-zone vortex Infowars truth-telling session, right? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, if I had taken my double boost iodine Mm -hmm. i bet i would have been better at news zach the government is not allowing them to get access to that iodine for much longer so you have to get that iodine while you still can oh no i'm never gonna run out don't worry okay good email us podcast at romancircusblog.com you can find us on itunes rate and review us if you want they really do help i've been told that they help push our show up to the top of the rankings. You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. Zach, weird wild week here at Roman Circus Industries. How? Uh, uh, yeah, headquarters has been crazy. H- HQ has got fielded all the phone calls, taken all the uh, memos. We're, not, we're, we're hardly in office, so basically when we show up, it's just post-it notes everywhere with um, all our all our fan interactions that need to be that need to be responded to. Yeah, yeah, that, it is. Yeah, that's 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 totally true. It's completely true. Uh, hey, is there any news? What's in the news? Man, some wild stuff has been happening. Okay. Um. So, first, uh, Nikki Haley has resigned as the ambassador to the United Nations. Oh. It's interesting because okay. Back in, I think, 2016, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, President Obama gave his uh, State of the Union address. Right. That would and, have been early 2016. Um, yes. And so after the State of the Union address, there's kind of a tradition of having a Democratic response and a Republican response. Right. Well, yeah, it's the the pa- the party not in power has the response. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Obama, in his speech, uh, you know, spends a lot of his time denouncing Trump and all of that because the, the presidential election was heating up. And then Nikki Haley gave the Republican response and she used her speech to also denounce Trump. Mm. So it was interesting that, like, you know, both sides took that as their talking point. Sure. And then after the election, uh, Trump makes Nikki Haley the ambassador to the United Nations. Um, but uh, apparently they've gotten along and worked together well. And I think Nikki Haley is one of the more popular members of the Trump administration. Oh, yeah, she definitely um, is. Right. Um, so, yeah, she's stepping down. There have been speculation as to why. I mean, she's just said she wanted a break. Mm-hmm. Some people say she doesn't get along with Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State. Right. Um, the other interesting thing I saw, I mean, this was just somebody on Twitter, so there's no, you know, I have no inside track on this, um, is that, okay, so Lindsey Graham was obviously a senator from South Carolina. He was, like, crucial in getting Brett Kavanaugh confirmed to the Supreme Court. Right. And the idea is maybe he's going to get an, uh, a Trump administration position, you know, in return for, you know, rolling out for Trump Yeah. with Kavanaugh. And that Nikki Haley, also from South Carolina, is going to run for Senate and to take his position. Owning owning the libs for a spot in the administration, Zach? Is that what you're saying? 
I mean, Lindsey Graham was like, I've never seen him like that, okay? I mean, the video, and he's like yelling, he's like, this is the biggest sham. I mean. Yeah. He was, that was, uh, that was Lindsey Graham uh, post-McCain. That was a, like, he lost his buddy, and he just needed to take it out on someone. Yeah, sometimes you just got to scream, right? I, I think that's true. Yeah, there are a lot of moving parts. I bet there's always something in play there's i wouldn't be surprised if she makes a run at that position it it, it's all it it's probably going to work out that way it tends to work i also saw that kanye west is uh going to the white house to meet with president trump and jared kushner his Mm son-in-law um who we could just talk about jared kushner but we won't um is he like elon musk to us yeah, yeah. We we don't have a long enough podcast to talk about how awful Elon Musk is or how awful Jared Kushner is. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we will we will not we we'll, we won't say anything about either of them. I will not um, say a word. But yeah, I, partly I'm just looking at this, thinking like, imagine if you saw this headline, like you've been in a coma or something, and you wake up and you see Kanye West is going to meet with Donald Trump in the White House, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, Kanye's president. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but what? Well, maybe he's going to make Kanye the new ambassador to the United Nations. Someone has to do it. He, some, yeah. I mean, can he, right. Some, if you have the guts to show up on Saturday uh, Saturday Night Live dressed as a bottle of sparkling water, then showing up as a ambassador to the UN is probably nothing. Right. I mean, and you know, the United Nations is fake anyway. So, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, so that's happening. And then lastly, uh, well, not lastly, but Stormy Daniels, okay, one mm-hmm. of the president's paramours, um, her attorney, who we refer to as creepy porn lawyer, yeah, um, he has challenged Donald Trump Jr. to an MMA fight for charity. Okay. Oh, this is great. So that's where we're at. No, this is great because that, I, mean, that, I don't like either of them and I don't like MMA, so it kind of all works out for me. Well, it's just like, what's with Donald Trump Jr.'s face? I mean, never mind. But the, <laughs> but just where we're at, we've got like the first kid fighting with the president's paramours mm-hmm. attorney. Mm-hmm. And it, you just get to a point where, I mean, you just, I don't know, you just have to laugh. That's why we only um, concern ourselves with matters of Rome, Zach. Yes. And, you know, and Lindsey Graham. Because, you know, speaking of Lindsey Graham, so he's unmarried. Mm-hmm. And the other news I've heard is that there's a, a campaign to make sure that, that unlike Lindsey Graham, that you do not remain unmarried into old age. Oh, wow. That was, man, that was a segue to end all segues right there. Is But is this true? I've heard that the the moms of Twitter. Mm-hmm. The, mo- more, the moms of Catholic Twitter, Zach. The moms of Catholic Twitter? They're, working, um, they're are, working overnight in the moms of Catholic Twitter sweatshops to rustle me up a bride. No one's paying yes, them, yeah, so that, it is a sweatshop. No one is paying them, or if they are, they're getting paid very little. They're getting paid pennies. And there's no air right, conditioning. They're just kind of scrounging through the, the corners of society mm-hmm. <laughs> to find some some drudge that, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. I just heard I, it was a Downton word. Like somebody, I think, uh, Violet used mm-hmm. it to refer to Edith once. Oh, well, uh, please do not besmirch my future wife by comparing her to Edith. It, Zach. it was when she was going to marry that guy, the old one. What was it? Sir, Strallen, yeah, Strallen? Sir, Sir Anthony, Sir Anthony. And she's like, he's, Edith's going to become some old man's drudge. Well, here's the thing, Zach, about me, is the age difference between me and basically everyone on Catholic Twitter would make it so that that would be my life. Our friend, uh, Trad Hannah, pointed that out very early on on Twitter, that I was destined to become Sir Anthony Strallen to someone's Edith. So, yeah, the the moms... That's amazing. Yeah, the moms are working hard. They, uh, they're, you know, it's, it, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it shakes out. I do, I do respect the moms of Catholic Twitter and I 
wish them well, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that they care enough to help find this this old bag of bones, some someone to take care of him in his his geriatric stage. So, yeah. for sure. Um, and then I think since you just mentioned your age, everyone has to drink, right? I forget. Well, yeah. Let's first of all, we we should say that we were violently scolded on Twitter for promoting the Roman Circus podcast drinking game. Um, we, we also have made it known that we only encourage this game be played with water. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, play responsibly with sure. whatever it is. I mean, sure. you can have too much milk, okay? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so listeners, what was it, Maddie and Caitlin teamed up for this? Mm-hmm. And then created the Roman Circus drinking game. So we tweeted it. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, one of the things is if Matt mentions how Matt's age is, is one of the, the cues. Yeah, no, it's basically every single thing we do on the podcast because we just copy and paste our podcast every week, Zach. Right. You just roll it forward, change Zach, some dates and names. Zach, we just copy and paste our podcast, Zach, Zach, Zach. Yeah. I don't know if that, that we do. I thought that was the one where if I say Zach multiple times in a sentence, people have to drink. So, yeah, it is. It is. Um, I was going to try to make a slick Mean Girls reference, but nothing came to mind. So, okay. you know, hey, Mean Girls, um, <laughs> which is also one. Shouts, shouts to all the Mean Girls. All right, is that is that the news? Is that I'm from Michigan. Is <laughs> is that what we got? Are we... Yes. Okay. That's the news. That's everything that's happening right now. Okay. Yeah. All the news fit to print via audio onto a podcast. All right, Zach, this week, yes. this week, you ready for the topic? Hit me with the topic. This topic. I don't mind if you do. Okay. <laughs> this topic comes to us from listener Chris Baker, who lives in Phoenix, Arizona, and is also my brother. Okay. Oh, and I think he's a Patreon sponsor of us, right? I mean, every time I see him, I steal money out of his wallet. So if that is what Patreons are, then he, by definition, is one. Okay? I'm just going to read the text because I don't, I don't want to, like, ma- I don't know how to make it into, like, a slick-sounding sentence. But he, he sent me two texts, and uh, this is what we'll talk about. I think it could be interesting to do an episode of Roman Circus on meditation slash mindfulness slash whatever else people call it, like what the church says on it, and if meditation that doesn't involve prayer is possible or a good thing. I feel like every other week, one of the podcasts I subscribe to talks about the benefits of it, and it's something I've always thought could be good, but I've never been sure if there's a correct way to do it as a Christian so that is what brother Chris texted me and that is what we are going to talk about meditation mindfulness and if these things are good if if we should do them if we can do them as a Christian if we can do them without Christianity things like that okay now you have more experience in this realm with me. So as is tradition, I shall say, Zach, take it away. And we can, uh, okay. yeah, we can go with it. Sure. So I think it's a really good question because kind of like he said, mindfulness is kind of a buzz word, a, you know, a big topic right now. Right. And there's, you know, applications for smartphones that guide you through, you know, what things they call mindfulness. Um, you know, it, it's having a moment, right? And then obviously, you know, people are doing yoga and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. all over. It's, you know, at the park by my house, they do yoga in the park and things like that. And, you know, most of the scholars and people that are learned on such things advise against doing yoga if you're Catholic. And the people that are most strongly on that train are exorcists. Okay. So um, I will start with saying that I highly recommend that you do not practice yoga well so just Um, to and to clarify that that is because it has its roots in eastern spirituality yeah it's one of the six 
Right. It's one of the six branches of Hindu uh, philosophy. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, and I'm forgetting your name, but there's a Catholic convert who's a former Tibetan nun who talks about, you know, in yoga, there's the physical aspect, which is called the um, asanas, I believe is the term, and then the spiritual aspect, which is, I think, piriyana. And she says that the asana cannot be separated from the piriyana. They're, they're intertwined. And so you, you can't just do yoga physically. It is like an entire spiritual practice. And so you can't just siphon off the spiritual side. Right. Um, now, I mean, if people are wanting to get the benefits of stretching, okay, that's a good thing. Um, I would actually recommend checking out... Um, oh, now I'm going blank. Um, so a former U.S. gymnastics coach um, has developed a... Not Bella Caroli, you know, a, right? No. Um, we also don't say the basically, name of the Michigan State man either. No, not him. Yeah. Um, that would be yeah, collegiate. No, this was... Okay, so this is called, uh, oh, gymnastic strength training. And it's basically working mobility along with strength where you're kind of working your muscles uh, for both movement and strength. Um, and, you know, he's very upfront about why his methods are not yoga because, you know, it's his is an active stretch where you're engaging physically in, you know, stretching your body. Whereas, you know, yoga is sort of a passive, I mean, I don't know that much about yoga, but, um, you know, you're, you know, it's a whole thing. Like people go to yoga to de-stress and, you know, if you talk to people about yoga, they don't talk about it the way they talk about running on a treadmill or jumping rope or anything like that, you Mm -hmm. know, um, with this, it's it's purely an exercise. So anyway, gymnastic strength training websites, gymnasticbodies.com. Mm-hmm. If you are wanting to kind of benefit from working your muscles and stretching them, um, these are ways to do it that are just developed off of medical science and, you know, understanding human physiology. Right. Um, not uh, kind of siphoning off and, and to an extent appropriating in a way that's got to be offensive to some people, <laughs> um, you know, an aspect of, sure. of a religion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's what... So anyway, just to kind of say where my stance is on anything, you know, on kind of borrowed spiritual practices or anything new age, you know, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty against that kind of stuff because uh, basically any exorcist that I've spoken to or listened to has, has just strongly warned against it. And you kind of have to think they've seen some of the scariest stuff. So I don't, you know, I don't question it too much. Should we, should we say... If you choose to participate in these things, please enjoy your demons. Yeah. Somebody, yeah, talks about that. I mean, yeah, the demons are going to be like, oh, you're just here for the stretching, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Controversial. Yeah, so, right. So, you know, I don't really like to take things that are, you know, I don't know what you'd say, like part of other religions or part of new age or whatever, mm-hmm. and then sort of make them Catholic and call it, you know, Catholic blank. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if someone were to say, can we take this, you know, a Buddhist practice, like a kind of mind blanking meditation and do it Catholic, I would say, you know, no. Or if somebody's wanting to use mantras or anything like that, I would, I would say no. Um, so I think it really comes down to defining your terms. Right. Okay. Okay. So if if you define mindfulness, here's the definition I'd give you. Paying close attention to something you are currently experiencing. Paying close attention to something you are experiencing. Yes. Currently experiencing. Currently experiencing. Sorry. I was just trying to do active listening. Right. As an alternative or a longer way of saying it, paying attention in a particular way on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally. Okay. Okay. Is this do, so maybe I'm what? jumping ahead a bit and you'll say this, but this could this be looked at as things of the natural law? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, that's kind of the point that I would make is that mm-hmm. you know if you're talking about mindfulness or meditation in that sense versus, you know, meditation as a form of prayer where you're, you know, engaging with God, um, you know, we had the episode about the different levels of prayer and meditation, you know, mental prayer, etc. Right. You kind of have to look at these as, as different. Um, praying, you know, prayer, prayerful meditation, all of that is a... Um, 
you know, think of that as a supernatural practice. Okay. okay? Mindfulness, you have to look at as a purely natural practice, as in it's not prayer, doesn't count as prayer, it doesn't, it's not spiritual, it doesn't bring you closer to God, um, any more than washing the dishes or, you know, brushing your teeth. It also shouldn't detract from running a mile. Detract from God, too. Right. So if you're, if you're looking at it as a purely natural aspect of basically applying your focus, like at the brain level, onto something of your choosing for a length of time in order to sort of build up your ability to focus. Okay. So purely natural, you know, psychological things, then, you know, that is, you know, I think a good practice. And a person who does a really good job explaining this is Dr. Kevin Majors. Now, he's on the board for Harvard Medical School and is a psychiatrist. Um, he has a website called purityispossible.com. Okay. So that's purityispossible.com, um, where he walks through um, different ways to kind of, you know, use, um, you know, certain forms of, like, cognitive behavioral therapy to get yourself, you know, out of vicious cycles or, like, vices, you know, like mm-hmm. addiction or anxiety or something like that. Right. Um, and he is a, a devout Catholic, I believe a member of Opus Dei, um, and he has a, a module on mindfulness where he explains, you know, what it is. But it's not something that you're going to get. You shouldn't be going to it to find purpose or to find meaning or to, you know, anything. It's yeah. You really have to think of it as like a, an exercise, kind of like working a crossword puzzle or a Sudoku. That's kind of that's probably where the the line comes in, right? That's if the these purely natural things that won't give you meaning if you search for meaning within them they'll it'll be trouble like if i if i'm having an anxiety attack and i am just focusing on my breathing my breathing in and out right or i'm focusing on just paying attention in the car to like the street signs right you can't Mm -hmm. you shouldn't i shouldn't find meaning in that i should just find it as a just a way to get through my current like my current episode right it Right. So, and the the meaning, any meaning I would find within that is probably just a manifestation of my own desires or my own thoughts. Is that a clear way of putting it? Like, it's not, it really wouldn't tell me anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just shouldn't be going and looking for anything. Um, You know, it's kind of like, you know, why do you do push-ups? You know, it's to build strength. It's not you know, it's not for any other reason other than to like engage your your physical person in a certain way, and that's kind of if you have how you would need to view mindfulness in the proper sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's where I think it is very useful. I mean, it, as far as you know, for everything from being able to focus better, especially if, you know if you have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, um, also to you know being able to cope with anxiety or depression. Um, you know, mindfulness is a tool. It's kind of how you have to look at it. And um, the context where you find that is in what's called um, acceptance and commitment therapy, where you sort of learn how to use mindfulness to relate to your thoughts differently mm-hmm. so that you don't get pulled around by every thought and feeling that you have or, you know, the passions like we've talked about. But instead, you focus on your values and making decisions and focusing your attention on, on applying your values to your everyday life. Um, so that's the context where mindfulness sort of fits into kind of the, the Christian life is that it helps you be more virtuous on a natural level. It essentially is a, you know, that's what you're doing. So mindfulness of the breath is sort of the most common practice of this where you basically just spend time maybe five minutes um breathing and you you focus on breathing on the sensation of breathing so you're not focused on nothing and you're not trying to push thoughts out of your head you're not trying to do this mind blanking what you're just trying to do is dial in to you know the sensation of breathing you know you feel the cold air going through your nostrils your stomach expands i mean you're you're focused on something that's actually happening. Your mind is, you know, full of that. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of hold your attention there. Um, 
And then, you know, you practice that like a muscle, and then later you can, you know, change the object of focus from your breath to the book that you want to read or to some work that you're trying to get done um, or, you know, what have you. It, it's building up the ability to to choose what you focus on. Okay. So you just converting it, ma- mastering it or trying to do it effectively in one stage of life so you can bring that to you in other stages of life. Okay. Exactly. And sometimes it's a good, you know, reset. You know, everything is, you know, you get stressed or you can't focus and there's a million things going on. Like first stop, take some breaths, you know, tune into those breaths, the sensation of breathing, the rising and falling of your chest. Um, and then, you know, okay, what am I going to focus on now? I'm going to focus on this spreadsheet that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes the object of focus. And, you know, if you're completely focused on that, you know, on working on a spreadsheet for work, you know, that's also essentially mindfulness. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, no, it makes, it makes perfect sense. So to put this in a Catholic context, mindfulness. So with virtue, there's the natural virtue and there's the supernatural virtue. And the difference is the, the end, right? So the end of the natural virtue is the natural good. It's if I, I'm, going to eat uh i'm going to eat for the purpose of health and vigor and i do that and i i don't eat any more than i need to i don't eat any less than i need to and that's the natural virtue the supernatural virtue Mm -hmm. would be that you're the the supernatural virtue always has the end the end is god right so the supernatural virtue of say eating would be uh maybe would do with fasting or would do with penance or would do um i'm going to i'm going to eat uh i'm going to get i'm going to eat this these brussels sprouts that i have been given out of charity to these people for the glory of god that that type of stuff right so then right so mindfulness can then lead to the supernatural virtue which would be meditation I know, I know it's kind of a crude segue, but that, that's kind of how I would frame it. Would you agree with that? Um, I like, yes and no. Okay. So I'll start with no, um, or right. No. Um, <laughs> so yes for, uh, what I, I like to keep them very separate just because I think it's important to say over here, you have mindfulness, which is kind of a psychological exercise similar to like memory games, um, you know, anything like that, like where you're just basically training your mind. Um, And then, you know, meditation is, you know, prayer is communion with God or one of the saints. Um, And I just kind of like to think of them as separate because they already look so similar. But where I do agree with you is that, you know, just like learning to train your focus can help you at work or Mm -hmm. help you, you know, get things done productively, you know, it also is going to come in handy with prayer. Right. Well, that was kind of my point of it. Like I, I, yeah. Overall, I've said this on the podcast a few times. I that I just can't meditation and me just do not. It just is not a thing. Right. I have the hardest time doing it because I just bing and bong through every everything that's in my head. Right. Where it's like song lyrics, or if it's like uh, Netflix, or if it's talking shop with old Z Z A C Mabry. Like it's just all these things, right? So I, right. I would think that mindfulness, being deliberate in my breathing or things like that, could help put me into a state where I would be able to meditate on a something I've read or you know one of the mysteries of the rosary or something like that. Yes, I mean I think much to the extent that you know uh, exercising your quads will make it easier to kneel through consecration at mass. Like I would almost say they relate together like that, except that obviously most people, you know, if they're able bodied can kneel without any problem, whereas prayer is very, very hard. And so because you do have to employ similar faculties, but for different ends, um, okay. You know, that's where it's important. Like you don't think of, of doing squats as in any way part of, you know, prayer, but 
it does make it easier to kneel at mass, right? Sure. I mean, not not that day, but you know, in the long run. Yeah, um, I mean, you could be like me, and you just don't use kneelers, and you just kneel straight on the ground. But hey, who am I? You know. Yeah, we're we're not all that holy. I'm not saying I'm just, a legend or anything. Right, <laughs> legend. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I yeah. So I, you know, I, I think you got to kind of keep. No, you're good. I think you just have to keep your categories clear. That like. Maybe that's the analogy. I hadn't really thought of until I said it, but you know, mindfulness is to prayer what squats are to, you know, kneeling at mass. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you're employing the same bodily faculty of your physical person, mm-hmm. but but you're not. One doesn't naturally lead into the other, and, and vice versa. Um, so that that's where I, I mean i you know that's where you know i practice mindfulness when i can you know like 10 minutes of just doing the the breathing focus um and you know it basically builds up a sense of uh, you know just being able to direct your thoughts i mean it, it's just purely natural i don't think it changes your it doesn't change my outlook on the world it doesn't you know i don't come away feeling all kinds of different i'll just you know do that or you know other ways are like you're taking a shower and you just focus on you know the temperature of the water as it hits you okay um you know there's just different things where it's just you just decide i'm going to focus on this and you hold your attention there so and and the app that dr majors recommends in his module is is headspace um you just have to make sure that again it's within the context of developing you know developing one of your natural faculties for for natural reasons um it it's not a spiritual practice it's not a, a quest for answers you're not looking within yourself you're not seeing from your third eye or aligning your chakras you're not mm-hmm. mind blanking you're essentially exercising a muscle um and i think there's a lot of benefits to exercising that muscle i mean we we have the most you know inattentive society with you know everything's got I, mean, I don't know about you, but I have the hardest time just watching TV because as soon as I sit in front of the TV, I pull out my phone, I'm on Twitter, and I'm texting, and I'm watching TV. And, you know, it's like even just looking at one screen is hard, you know? Sure. Yeah, we're we're 2018 babies, so we we all do that. Even right now, I I have a bunch of stuff going on. I'm holding like seven conversations at once while I'm talking to you on the podcast. And I sure you yeah, I can too. tell by the quality of your content. Just kidding. Uh, um, <laughs> hey, but uh, no, that's I think yeah, that's the, one of the best things. One of the best things you've ever said on this episode is yeah, the defining the terms. That's what it all keeps coming back to, right? Because we we're, we we live in this time when it's just like you can do whatever you want and whatever you however you find happiness and. Uh, just as long as you're happy and oh, it's all the same, same thing, just whatever get, leads you closer to God or, uh, whatever your, your God is. Right. So it, it's, it's to have a very clear definition. I like that. I like it a lot. Right. And it's interesting cause you know, one of the just absolutely fundamental, uh, aspects of logic is a law of identity, which just essentially just says, you know, each thing is identical with itself or that, you know each thing is what it is. And when you don't have definite terms, you kind of undermine this sort of basic logical concept, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just see a lot of that where people are talking around each other because they don't have their terms defined. So, you know, any weird new agey spiritual, um, or Buddhist way of looking at mindfulness is, yeah, I mean, not, not something that we, you know, we can do as Catholics. Would you say it's canceled Zach? It's canceled. Okay. And that's that on that. <laughs> um, but understanding it within the context of, again, natural psychology and, you know, building up a, a faculty that you have is, yeah, I say go for it. Okay. Now, see, I want to know, I, I wonder if we're going to get feedback on this because, I, I mean, I do know that there are some. Um, people who I respect who, who write on these topics, who are very cautious about, you know, anything new age. And they, they are, they're against the practice of mindfulness and they, they even point to studies that it may not be all that effective. I think there are a lot of studies that say it is, as a psychological technique, but, um, you know, there's, there's mixed feelings on this. And I do think 
that there's a tendency to blend it in with sort of Buddhist concepts of, you know, empty your mind and the right. world, you know, everything is nothing and dissolve yourself within the great nothing and yada, yada. And that, that isn't what we're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, mental pushups. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, it's, I don't blame them for kind of not, not accepting it. Right. It's because just because of what you said, like it's, we, we're not taught anything about like mindfulness. Like you said, we're just, all we hear is like, you know, relax your mind and empty your, empty your head and let your brain fall out. But it, it's, it's so, okay. The, the Jesus prayer, right. Where you just, is that, that's the one where you just say Jesus over and over and over again. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Um, well, no, the, I mean the Jesus prayers, you know, um, Oh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But you do say that over and over and over okay. again. Yeah, right. That or some... I, I know that some people have said just say Jesus over and over and meditate on saying it over and over, right? So with that... And there are saints that did that. Sorry. Can, well, you, you go. Well, no, I just... I, I know that there are saints who did that, and so in itself, that can be good. Okay, right. So I, is that... Would you say that that is kind of like a, a mindfulness type thing or is that no okay even though that's no and you, know, you have to be careful that you don't use it as a mantra okay and so again like that's where it's tricky so i i don't know i'm blanking on who the saint was but you know she used to basically have contests with her guardian angel on who could more devoutly say our lord's name um and you know she would say it over and over and over again you know devoutly as an act of love um mm-hmm. You know, that's not the same thing as using Jesus as your mantra or, you know, you know, sitting cross-legged and, and doing it like that's where, that's where like when you say Catholic mindfulness, I get nervous okay. or when someone says Catholic mindfulness, because we want to keep mindfulness as, as a simply a, a natural practice with a natural end. Okay. And so, you know, it in theory would be the same for everybody with a brain and not you know, there wouldn't be Catholic mindfulness because, you know, for the same reason there's not something Catholic natural. yoga. Well, not even that, but like the same, the same reason there's not Catholic, um, soccer right. or, you okay. know, Catholic, you know, Catholics can play soccer, but Catholic soccer would be strange, you know, like kicking around a ball that's, um, you know, looks like the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, you know, it just becomes odd to mix. Mm-hmm. That's where I think, the Catholic mindfulness is questionable. Like you could say mindfulness that's approved for Catholics or something, but um, no, I, I don't think bring our Lord's name in. Cause it, it just starts to border on, you know, kind of making that like your own. Um, sure. you know, if you're doing something like that. Okay. Was it St. Gemma that you were thinking of? I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that, that's, that makes sense. I just, you know, I wanted to bring, bring something up like that. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to, that's all good stuff. I don't know how to kind of end this or if there's other things we need to say, uh, more on it. I, I, I look at it basically. Okay. So looking inward, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Because that's what, Mm -hmm. that's what people use meditation to is to kind of look inward. Right. And I'm talking about spiritual meditation, not necessarily, not necessarily Catholic. I'm just whatever, whatever people think when they're like, Oh, I have to meditate and get in touch with myself and really look inward. Like it's right. I, I don't know. What do we, what do we think about the idea of that? Cause to me, if you're, if you're thinking, if you're just trying to think of what you think your place in the world is, uh, it's just going to kind of, you know, be whatever, whatever you want to think your place in the world is, right. As opposed to looking at through the lens of your place, what God's place in the world for you is. Right. So is that, so do you think that that like, is that another, that's another temptation we can fall into with this 
like mindfulness thing, right? Am I, and if I'm just repeating what we've yeah, already no, said. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And so looking, looking inward, like trying to find answers within yourself, mm-hmm. looking inward for the truth, et cetera, is not, you know, a Catholic understanding of, of you know, the universe, the creation. You know, the, the truth is a person. And unless you are Jesus Christ, it's not you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the answer doesn't lie within you, et cetera. Now, you know, if you're trying to make a decision and you want to sit and think through various options, you know, right. if I do this, this will happen, then this, then that, you know, that's important. And there, that even has its place supernaturally. You know, there's always the exercise of just, and then what? So after anything that happens, you just say, and then what? And eventually yes, and. you have to die and face our Lord at your judgment. And then what? <laughs> um, so, you know, that's a good exercise to do. Um, but yeah, no, like searching within yourself, all that stuff. I mean, red flags go off immediately. Like in mindfulness, you're not looking inward. You're, I mean, I guess literally because your breath goes in your nostrils and into your lungs, but you're physically paying attention to something that, you know, is naturally there and that you actually physically feel. You're not looking into your soul, you know, so I mean, you think you know when, when I think looking inward, the only time that's appropriate is when you're talking about like an examination of conscience, okay, or like you know you're just trying to weigh out a decision. You're not going to search yourself for what's true. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, this whole thing it just gets so frustrating sometimes if it if meditation is hard because it like it yeah. I take it so personal. I take most of my faults, which there's only like two or three of them in general. Zach, but I take them all very. Yeah, what, there's what there's the your fault, and then your fault, and then your most, most grievous fault, fault. Right? Those yes, are the three. Of course. And uh, I, I take them so personally, right? Like I get so upset, and it's it's been a thing. It's been a reoccurring thing in my life for most all of my life, right? Like so, if I, I if I couldn't do something athletically, I would it would anger me, and I wouldn't be able to brush it off as well or uh with out here with trying to get into acting and doing all that stuff like i i felt more comfortable but i would like get in my head and get frustrated with certain things and um uh but yeah so i find that occurs a ton in trying to do meditation like i just can't do it and it it, i don't want to say it angers me but it definitely like frustrates me i don't get like you know screamy and yelly and i like i it wouldn't uh disqualify me from being on the supreme court is what i'm saying zach um (laughs) but at the same time it yeah it just i it get it gets to the point where i just don't do it right and it that's not a good outcome but i all the all these things like it i don't know it just any any tips that i can get in like talking about it like this is always very helpful because I, I don't, I don't think I'm alone. Obviously I think actually I might be more in the majority than I think I am as far as frustration with meditation besides the people who, yeah, well, I mean, the, you know, right. I mean like the, the, the faculties that you need to meditate, to meditate are, you know, almost impossible to develop without, you know, really intending to mm-hmm. in our current world because you've got a million other things and your attention's, you know, broken up into tiny pieces with you when you've got, you know, a cell phone and social media and email and, you know, a million things going on at once. Yeah, like being able to pray and meditate is always, you know, it was hard before, but it's even harder now. And, you know, to a certain extent, just like, you know, that's the, that same set of circumstances makes it hard for people to read books, makes it hard for people to engage in conversation, makes it hard mm-hmm. for people to stay focused at work. And, you know, a, a sort of mindfulness practice of, of practicing holding your focus on something is going to kind of help across the board as far as you'll be able to get work done, you'll be able to read books, you'll hold conversations, you'll be able to pray, you know, understanding them, again, just separate but yeah i mean it's going to build up the kind of the muscles that you need to get going for the first parts but we know you know as you grow in prayer god kind of takes the wheel eventually and you enter into like passive contemplation and 
in that phase. And so, you know, you're not going to, you can't naturally work your way up to the height of mystical contemplation, but you can definitely get through those lower levels of prayer and, and be mm -hmm. able to better meditate, you know, if you can focus. Um, I was at dinner you know, with one of our mutual friends a few weeks ago, and I was talking about this with him. And he said, well, you know, as you grow in the spiritual life, sometimes God takes away consolations and this and that. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that you think I'm there, but I'm nowhere close, pal. Like, I, I, right. I appreciate that you're saying this and uh, that you care about me, but nope, I just have trouble focusing and I end up singing, uh, end up singing pop songs from the mid-2000s in my head over and over again. A great era for pop music. Mm -hmm. Nelly and Ludacris. Yeah. So ludicrous. <laughs> um, right. Well, and that's, um, there's aids that can help you. Like the rosary is meditation. And you know, the thing that keeps you going is the Hail Mary and holding the beads. Um, but then separate from that, there's, you know, books that are great, like The Imitation of Christ. Um, Oh man, I just went blank on the other one that I have. Um, it's really good though. It's written by a Carmelite. Um, the, you know, scripture kind of something is a launching point to kind of read. And then you just sort of, you know, stay on that and follow that trail, you know, and think about that thing. I, I do appreciate that you were like imitation of Christ and a book I can't remember. Oh, and scripture. Yes. Yeah, scripture will be the other book that I recommend. Divine intimacy. Divine is what intimacy. It's there it is. Yeah, I have that somewhere. Yes, Father Gabriel of Saint Mary Magdalene, mm -hmm. um, Order of Carmelites Discalced. So yes, it, and it's actually got a um, a prayer for or you know it's got readings for every day of the liturgical year. So yeah. whatever season you're in, if we're in um, Septuagesima, it's got readings for that. If we're in time after Pentecost, it's got readings for that. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, you basically read those. They're written. They're written to sort of be a launching point. Where, like, after you finish reading it, you just kind of keep your mind on that thing, and you know, the meditation sort of follows. And maybe it's just for a minute or two, and gradually it becomes more. But um, you know, that that is Christian meditation. That's engaging with God. And you know, this mindfulness stuff is. I mean, it actually has a place in the history of like psychology. Um, and that's why it's like, it's not that you're borrowing some Buddhist practice. You're not taking something from the East. You know, you're, you're engaging a muscle. And I think that's the main thing I would say about mindfulness is that again, it's not, it's just, it's just not a religious practice, but sometimes, you know, because we're imprecise with terms, mindfulness, meditation, etc., gets used to refer to practices of other religions or new age practices or stuff that can get you into trouble. So, you know, know your terms, but yes, practicing you know, deliberately focusing on a specific thing for a specific amount of time, you know, is, I think is a good, good practice. And, you know, under that definition, mindfulness is something I would recommend. That's probably how basketball superstar and legend Michael Jordan of the Chicago Bulls became basketball superstar and legend Michael Jordan of the Chicago Bulls by being very, I think it by is. being very mindful of, uh, of what he did. Yeah, well, I mean, he was fully focused, right? Be all you can be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is that is that what we got? Should we should we just start? Yeah, I mean, I want to hear feedback on this because I know that it's sort of a debated topic, and you know, I don't know, it is kind of controversial, like topics of you know yoga and and the likes. Um, so yeah, holler back at us. <laughs> Shall we have a saint of the week? I we shall. It's a good one this week, Zach. I know I say that every week. Yeah, there were some pretty bad ones before. Right. Well, no, I say it every <sighs> week, but this time I really mean it. Right. Saint Edward, the Confessor. Ha. Huh. Saint Edward's feast day is October thirteenth. He was the King of England, Zach. And he reigned from the year 1042 until 1066, 
when he died at the age of what I am told is somewhere in the range of 60 to 63. Okay? Nice. So, uh, it's Edward the Confessor because he did not suffer martyrdom. Now, there was King Edward the Martyr, so don't get confused. This is Edward the Confessor. Okay. Okay. And he not the martyr. Right. And he was canonized a hundred years after he died by Pope Alexander the Third. And he was also one of England's national saints until King Edward the Third adopted Saint George as the national patron saint in around thirteen fifty. Okay. He is also celebrated by the Church of England, which is not the Catholic Church, Zach. Unfortunately, yeah, in scare quotes, <laughs> yeah. the building of England. Uh, so he's also he's well, you know, we do have America because people were running away from the Church of England. So I guess it was good for something. No, yeah, that's great. Big fan. He's also the patron of the English royal family. I assume, you know, the he was definitely the patron of the Catholic English royal family. But, you know. God save the current queen. Yeah. And uh, patron of difficult marriages. Oh. Which is... Hey. Which is always good. If, you, if you're in a difficult marriage, you can pray to St. Edward the Confessor. And he will... And he will help you with that. So that's our... Love it. That's good. That's a really good one for our time. Yeah. It's a good saint of the week. St. Edward the Confessor, pray for us. Yep. All right. Well, that's a. This is kind of a shorter one, but I think it was action packed. Action packed. We were very mindful of our time today. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tried to joke. Yeah. See what it got me. It's great. We're going to leave it. We don't cut anything. All right, gang. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all next week. See ya.